right. This is uh, going to be a wild, special coronavirus edition of Inappropriate Earl. Uh, my system's a little bit on the fritz, so there may or may not be music to this episode. Thank you, Stevie Rochelle from Tough, for providing the music to every single episode. That's the song Forever Yours. Buy it on iTunes just to throw Stevie a bone. He gave it to me for free. And uh, the sound may not be the greatest quality because my uh, Adobe Audition software is on the fritz, which I usually put like equalizers to level out the sounds. So this is a real ghetto version of Inappropriate Earl. And some may call my guest, you know, some of you are a little out of line sometimes. You call her the Yoko Ono of the Inappropriate Earl podcast. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, it's just the way the podcast world works, toots. Chandler Barbie in the house. Hello. So, uh, been a while since we've uh, done the uh, podcast. I think my last episode was with the legendary UFC Hall of Famer MMA legend Frank Trigg. Thank you, Frank, for coming on. He's now refereeing. And uh, that was the longest episode ever in the history of Inappropriate Earl, almost three hours. And to be honest with you, we could have gone another hour, but Frank had to leave to, I think, referee a Bellator card or something. So uh, Chandler's back. I think this is like our fifth, maybe. I don't remember because I feel like every day we talk, it's a podcast. I thought of doing one uh, when we go on our walks, which we'll let the fans know about in a second, and uh, putting mics into the or putting a battery in the Zoom recorder and doing a podcast as we're walking. Oh, that would be so easy. We could do that with headphones and a phone, too, because I've done it. Or get one of those things like Rob has. We can figure it out. Well, I think if we took the Zoom recorder uh, and used a battery, we could go mobile with just the mics as we have it right now. Yeah. So, uh, And I do apologize to the fans for not doing as many... uh, as I have in the past, you know, but uh, I lost a little bit of motivation again to do this uh, just because it's a pain in the ass, frankly, to get people to come over. And, you know, like Frank Trigg lives in, uh, you know, the beachside community. So it was hard for him to come over here, L.A. traffic and leave. And and uh, There's no traffic right now, though. People just don't want to come over because they think you have COVID-20. Well, I am. Or COVID-19. In- I am in the, uh, see, that's how Chandler is so successful. She's already looking ahead to COVID-20. I think I'm going to get COVID-20 and wait for that to come out instead of the 19. Great. Now Chandler's doing bits. (laughs) This isn't potluck, Toots. This is only your A material. I'm going live on my Instagram right now. Well, we, you know, we're on total lockdown now. The episode with Frank Trigg was, uh, you know, that we didn't know what COVID-19 was, uh, you know, it's crazy to think that all this, the world is basically shut down because someone sat on a dirty toilet seat and a... I, I thought it was because someone ate bat soup. Well, now they're saying patient zero was a female worker at that, Wu, what is it, the Wu-Tang uh, animal? Yeah, but here in America, patient zero was. But, no, patient no, they're saying zero- patient zero was the girl who sat at that open air market. She sat on a dirty toilet. And then she traveled somewhere, and then that, you know, it's like the... So Patient Zero was an American? No, do you want me to tell you what really happened? I'm about to give you all the inside scoop of why the coronavirus is a thing right now. Chandler's, like, gonna about to get into her <laughs> Alex Jones, uh, Sam Tripoli uh This ladder. is true. Oh, uh, hold on. I'm going to go for a walk and let Chandler do her thing. No, I'm just kidding. No. I have had guests where I could have asked them a question. And left the room and come back, and you wouldn't have known. This I left the room. is what happened with the coronavirus. Okay, are you ready? Okay, so China is mad at Trump earlier this year, right? The Chinese government created a biological weapon known as the coronavirus to America. Some call it the Wuhan. Virus. Some call it COVID nineteen, which is its street name. No, that's its real name. Its street name is coronavirus. Anyway, this was created in a lab, and if you think biological weapons are not created in a lab, you are cuckoo bananas out of your mind. 
you do not know how the government works because I'll let you know, I come from a military family and I have people right now in my family that are in special units in the government. For those of you who don't know, uh, Chandler's uh, youngest brother. Well, we can't say who it is. Well, we can say my little brother's in the special forces, but that's all we can say. That's what I was going to say. He's a real life Rambo. Yeah, but we can't say anything else because like. I had to take them off all my social media and stuff. I know. I'm just saying. So Chandler comes from a legitimate military family background. So this is what I think happened. I think, not confirmed, but this is a word on the street, that Chinese government created this biological weapon. They released it to a small percentage of China to test it. And it before they could contain it because it spread so wild, they um they released it to it no oh this is what happened sorry you were distracting me with your iPad okay China creates the strain of coronavirus right China releases it to a small section in China right you're with me yeah. The doctor who created this dies. The guy who has the cure is dead, dies. He's murdered. Let's be real. He's murdered by the Chinese government. Now this virus is fast spreading with no cure. And it spreads. So what I think happened was China's plan was to release it to a small part of China that really works like it's poor and works in like shipping facilities and stuff, because then that would have fucked America up because China government communists were fucking pissed at Trump. So then as a retaliation, they released a biological weapon that then Fucked up all of our shipping, fucked up our stock market because the stock market has been fucked up since fucking December because of all this stuff. And eventually it just spread to every country like they didn't know how to contain it. So it got out of control and they killed the doctor who had the cure because their plan was because like, here's the thing. If if another country releases secretly a biological weapon and this is true like this is straight up from my family in the military america has the united states has certain proceedings because we do we have biological weapons here in america we have certain things we have to do protocols before we can like just nuke a country you know what i mean like if they release a biological weapon and they're like oh it's a virus we didn't do this it was from bat soup then we can't be like, fuck you, China. We're going to blow you up. But they're also fucking our lives up. You see what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't necessarily uh, agree with your conspiracy <laughs> angle. But, I mean, listen, it's a wacky world. Because they keep saying it's the same as AIDS. Where did AIDS come from? Everyone says there's so many theories, like this person had sex with a monkey, this person did that. This, And with the coronavirus, they're saying, like, oh, it was from bat soup. And now some people are saying it's a biological weapon. And then some people are saying uh, now it's from a toilet seat. Like, open your eyes, people. It's a new strain of a virus that was created in the lab because when you create a biological weapon you know how like you fucking know what you're you know there's no cure because you it's man-made well i mean it's uh certainly unlike anything uh the world has ever seen uh but uh someone on my life said that was batshit crazy talk well, who knows? I, but I'm open to anything. I mean, I could see someone uh, sitting on a toilet and who knows what the cleaning staff is like in an open air uh, market that sells monkeys and bats to be eaten. I'm sure a clean toilet's not uh, high on their priority list. I could see it being some James Bond biological weapon, uh, you know. I just think, and here's the other thing. I've had a lot of time to think the last two weeks because I haven't had anything else to do. I, first of all, would you not agree people have freaked the fuck out during this thing? I mean, uh, do you remember the other night, Erwan, when that old lady literally acted like 
Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I was a like I had the plague. I had I had um, what was what was it that everyone had back in leprosy? That's how she acted. Well, the, I mean, the most recent like pandemic we've had was the SARS flu. Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, it, I I'm concerned. I'm not more concerned because people are saying like it's blood types now. People are saying it's like wash your hands, which obviously this is the one pandemic that has paid off for me because I'm a germaphobe. Like our house is, we're both OCD clean freaks. Yeah, that, I mean. That we haven't changed our lifestyle at all because we both take, we take enough vitamins that nothing should be able to p- penetrate our body. Well, I think as long as uh, you're relatively hygienic, uh, you're not French kissing a homeless person who has a cold. Uh, I did that last week. No, that was me. Uh, I, you have a very low uh, chance of getting it. Uh, you know, obviously, if you yeah. have pre-existing condition, you have lung cancer because it's a respiratory uh, disease, or you have diabetes. That's not a lung disease, but like if your immunity system is compromised. You might be at a higher risk, but. But it's also like our friend Pete Lee and his girlfriend, they thought they had it. And we had literally seen them a week that they were probably contagious and we didn't get it. Yeah. because You know what I mean? Like. I think if you're like 75 and you're drinking and smoking and, and and of course, younger people are dying too. uh, Yes. Lay off the vapes. You'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not saying you have to be Jack LaLanne and, and be like a rumble trainer and super in shape. Oh, Lois is in the house. Uh, so, you know, I'm like, there's, we live in West Hollywood and there's a, uh, for lack of a better word. There's more viruses other than coronavirus here. But there's like an old person's home, two down, two houses down from us. It's not a hospice, but it's, I think the next, the next step before you go to a hospice, it's like really old people who are sick and I think whose families are gone now and. You know, I'd be more concerned about those people. Here's the thing, too. Do I think the coronavirus is real? Yes. Could people like my father die from it? Yes. Because your father How, has my dad pre-existing. Has, yeah, he has um, asthma and he has like already, he's already had pneumonia once this year because he has lung issues. But my mom takes a lot of precautions for him anyway. So like, obviously, they're not going out of the house. My brother came home to help take care of them for a while. But... I don't think it's as bad as everyone. I I do think it's bad. I don't think it's the way. I think this is also a test to see who will follow the rules and who won't in a way. Because think about it. We've never had something like this happen besides the Spanish flu. And that was, what, 200 years ago when everyone just died. We've had... I mean, yeah, that was a an, of an epic proportion. You had SARS, which was more recent. During the AIDS pandemic, people were still out fucking and shit, you know? Well, I think that was, uh, I mean, that, that's probably uh, the best example of, you know, like when AIDS started happening, I think it was perceived as just being a gay disease uh, because it hit the gay communities the hardest. But then, you know, straight people got it. Uh, you know, bisexual those bisexuals uh, be passing it around. So, uh, you know, there was a, an unknown of like at, at some point for a few years, uh, and that's where we're at now. Like, uh, but I think to me, it's just like a super version of the flu. Yeah, you know, and and more people are going to die this year from the flu than a but coronavirus. That's, that's the same as so. Do you remember when I, we got? The stomach virus last Christmas. Uh, before we start, yes, I do. A shout out to my friend in chat, Chris Ramirez. What's up, Chris? One of my true you have the coronavirus. Uh, oh, geez. Andrew Stoken, the ruler of all my artwork. Andrew, your artwork is all over Hollywood right now. We don't know how it is, but it is. And one more shout out to Amy Mata, Steady Freddie Curry's. Oh, hi. We have some fans in here, too. Hi, everybody. So, uh, yeah, we, we, we me and Chandler fans. both got sick. Uh, okay, so here's my thing about that. We got the stomach virus last Christmas, right? We thought we had food poisoning because 
that was the worst I've been sick in a long, long time. Okay. Come to find out after Christmas, we came back and apparently the, and I was shocked we got sick because we're both so healthy. And I thought, well, maybe it's because we just both got off shows and, you know, I'd been around a lot of UCB people. You'd been around the store. Come to find out people at the comedy store had previously had it and came to the store and used the microphones. They, I don't work there, but I'm pretty sure they don't disinfect that. I can uh, tell you as someone who does work there, they do not. Because I, I know at UCB, like that was around the time I was performing a lot. They do disinfect our stages. We don't use microphones, but they disinfect our stages and our chairs and stuff every show. Um, at the comedy store, I feel like they don't disinfect things, and you've just confirmed that. So then you're using a mic that someone else sick has used, and also 30 other people have used that night. And then you come home, you kiss me, you see our neighbors, and then you give it to me, because I got it right after you. We go on a plane. We're in first-class seats, because we're rich as fuck. (laughs) Then... We give it to people in those seats. That's how it spreads. And then when we got back to LA, I was pissed because that was when two comics said to you, because remember we were like, oh my gosh, we thought we had food poisoning. And they're like, no, the stomach virus is going around at the store. And you it, also think, uh, you know, if you've ever seen a cleaning crew on an airplane, they do a very light clean. Like, yeah, you think uh, one plane get, you know, your plane gets used uh, earlier in the sorry, day. Baby. So if you take a red eye to Alabama or anywhere, it doesn't matter. That plane's probably been in the air for 15 hours out of that day. You and you're know. sharing air because it's 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 circulated. Yeah, you're sharing air. You know, like I said, they lightly wipe the food tray and, and, and the armrest. They probably don't even. And so you're getting that person's germs who, who might have been sick. And I mean, planes are really just a walking Petri dish. Well, that's like when we first started dating on our first date. I I know you don't remember this because it was so long ago, but I went, I was like, we ordered, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to go wash my hands. And I went and washed my hands, and then I came back, and I sat down, and I used hand sanitizer, which is something I do because I have a level of germophobia, like extreme. Like if someone touches my plate, you know this. I won't eat off of it unless it's like you. But on our date you weren't weirded out by that. And you're like, oh, I'm going to actually go wash my hands. And then you you did the same thing. And I feel like because we have those pre-existing rituals, that's what's kept us from getting sick in, in the long run and healthy. Absolutely. By the way, we're going to cut the Facebook live feed right now just so you got to listen to the rest of the Apple podcast. Shout out to Andrew Jacobs. Uh, we might go on Instagram live in a few minutes, so go over. Do you want there. me to share my Instagram live so then we're dueling? Yeah, so what I is can Chandler? Film? What's your Instagram live? Chandler C H A N D L E R Barbie B A R B E. So we're gonna cut the Facebook live feed. This will be up on Apple Podcasts hopefully by tomorrow if the sound issues aren't too bad. And go on Chandler's Instagram live right now if you want to just continue watching. I love you all. Oh, yeah, I, was- I mean, I think we're uh, pretty uh, hygienic people anyway. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we both are in shape. You know, you're an athlete. I wouldn't say I'm like an Olympic athlete. You played soccer. And I I mean, I played soccer and you played hockey our whole lives, though. So I feel like, can you imagine how athletic our child is going to be? Yeah. I mean, I'm not too concerned about catching this, even though I'm 51. And that's like. But you don't smoke either. I don't smoke. My lungs, you know, my last health checkup, my uh, doctor said I have the lungs of a 20 year old because I don't smoke pot cigarettes i certainly breathe in enough pot at various uh places but uh say hi to the webbers shay and bennett are on my what up what up watch uh rob riggle's uh, global investigator i believe it's on wednesday nights now yeah it starts back should i put this here we'll get to the plugs and uh no it doesn't work you know the amazing uh show rob riggle hosts uh bennett chandler and chris peasy were the uh, brains behind it uh and rob uh, riggle goes around the world uh solving global mysteries like the holy grail and atlantis 
and stuff like that. I mean, listen, now. Maybe his next mystery should be how the coronavirus got started. Good luck catching a film crew to want to do that. Uh, but you know, now's a great time to watch TV. I mean, you yeah. know, I tell you what the tie, uh, tiger King, we, uh, watched that straight through. It's eight hours. I downloaded two of his songs on my iTunes. Yeah. Joe exotic. His songs slap. I love him. I want, if they're, they're supposed to be doing a biopic. Uh, I want Woody Harrelson to play him, but someone brought up a good point that Michael Keaton would probably be so good as him. Well, there's so many ways you could do him, and this is why I love. I was talking with my friend Matt Barry, who was the casting director for Con Air and that Justin Timberlake movie, uh, Alpha Dog, and uh, yeah, like he's legit. Like, Wait, I gotta remind me to tell you a story about Alpha Dog after this. I will. Uh, so he's like a legitimate, uh, like a list casting director, and I sent him my list uh, of people who. Did you uh, send him mine? Uh, I did not, uh, but. You know, there's this is why I love casting to get different people's takes on, uh, you know, different parts. I mean, you and I watched, uh, let's go through this uh, person by person. You and I watched uh, Joe Exotic together. Uh, you give me your, we only give one choice each because we just could go on forever. If we, who do you think should be Joe Exotic? One quick thing though, Bennett just commented on the live and said, Bennett Weber and his wife Shay are good friends of ours. He said, we regret that we didn't have a Joe Exotic song play for our first dance at our wedding. <laughs> Which no is great. No one knew about him. No one knew. Um, yeah. I would have uh, Woody Harrelson because everyone's going to, this is the one reason. Everyone is going to say Danny McBride. Do I think Danny McBride could play Joe Exotic? Absolutely. Would he be funny? Of course. Danny McBride has played a Joe Exotic character so much like even Will Ferrell to a certain extent has that I don't want to see it because it's like I can already see that in my head. Right. I mean, I like to go like when I look at casting, I like to go um, off the board. Like a wild card. You like wild cards. Well, because anyone can say, well, let's get Tom Cruise or, you know, let's get some A-list, you know, Matt Damon. It's like that's not going to work. You got to like go, okay, Joe Exotic, who would not not just look like him. But be him, and, you know, when I first thought about it, I thought, well, I, I'm given two names, but I'm going to say my final choice. Okay. I, when I first thought about Joe Exotic and, and I looked at him, I said, well, David Spade and Joe Dirt kind of did. David Spade would be a good one. This character, and he's a better actor than I think some people give him credit for. Uh, and then someone suggested, one of our friends said Michael Keaton, and I, I could see mm -hmm. that. But then uh, a friend of mine said, dude, William H. Macy. You know, that is such a good pick, too. You told me that yesterday, and I was like, I could see it, and it's such a wild card to where you're like, wait. And then you're kind of like, yeah, well, I Like, his that. character in Boogie Nights, if you if you put that into an animal rescue <laughs> environment and, and maybe tweak up the southern, you know, uh, aspects of it, I, I think not only does he look like him, uh, and of course, you can make anyone look like anyone. Uh, you could get Tom Cruise, put a mullet on him, have him talk in a southern accent, and there you have Joe Exotic. But I think you want to get people who really embrace the essence of the character. Yeah. Uh, so now you had the best selection, I thought, uh, uh, with my friend Matt Barry. So uh, for Carol Baskin. Yeah. So. Someone on here just said, Bennett just said that John Hawks from Deadwood would be good as Joe Exotic. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. There's probably 10 people, which is why I've always been fascinated with casting. Like, if you ever, you know, a really cool thing to see about the original Star Wars movie, I'm talking the one in 77, uh, is they had the screen test of, uh, I believe it was William Cat from... It was like everyone. It was William Cat from who, uh, you know, if you're older, you know he was the greatest American hero and, and he was in Carrie. He auditioned for Han Solo. Uh, Perry King, who was another 70s uh, actor. Like, if, if you're like above 50, you're like, oh my God, that's the guy. Uh, he auditioned for uh, Han Solo. Uh, I believe Christopher Walken auditioned for Han Solo. Um, and... The guy who almost got it right before Harrison Ford was a black actor. 
who, if you're a fan of The Wire, he played the mayor, Glenn Thurman. Like mm-hmm. he, he's in early promo sh- shots in the costume. So, uh, you know, there could be. I'm sure at least twenty to thirty people would be considered for jokes. Probably each. Oh role. yeah, I don't want Dak Shepard to get it though. I don't like. I don't like him. Uh, you know, uh, that's personal reasons though. Well, let's not bring your personal. I know. Uh, that's I mean, but I will do every everything I do in film is just to not hire people. I don't like. So okay. let's get to Carol Baskin. Carol you Baskin, had, along with Matt, I think the two best choices. So this is so everyone. There's been rumors Kate McKinnon's been hired. I think that's also an obvious choice for Carol Baskin. I think someone who would blow it out of the water and play crazy. But also that hippie character so well is Lisa Kudrow. That is who I, that's my number one pick out of anyone. I think that she across the board should get it. Yeah. I mean, she definitely looks like a younger, she is a a younger, hotter version. Uh, And I thought, wow, that's the best choice. And then Matt Berry, uh, who obviously knows what he's doing, said Shelley Long. And, you know, for you younger millennials don't know who Shelley Long is. She's the girl in Cheers. Sam from Cheers. Yeah. So. And I, I haven't seen her in anything. So could you imagine, like, getting the role in, like, one of the biggest probably movies? Well, I think it'd be good to get, you know, I think these this particular film, I think, and I'm going to assume that it would not have a gigantic budget. Like, let's say it's on Netflix. If it's Netflix, yes, it would. I it has. I know Netflix is worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but they're gonna. I think, in my opinion, you could shoot this. That's that you could shoot this as an indie and still make hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I agree, but I'm saying they're not gonna blow the budget on. Okay, we'll get Tom Cruise, uh, Nicole Kidman. They're gonna look for someone like a Shelley Long, who maybe a little bit out of the limelight. You know, they're not gonna get Rachel McAdams. Uh, you know, I think. Yeah. I think the film actually works if you get. Not lesser known because Shelley Long's, a, you know, her residuals from Cheers. I think you shouldn't get the number one pick that everyone that's what says. I'm I, I mean, that's why my we're not going to talk about him yet. But my pick for Jeff Lowe, I think we both agreed is a good pick. But I've had so many people. Well, actually, let's just get to that pick. You know, we've said Carol, fuck Carol. And, and so we, we got Carol back. So so far, we've got uh, you know either Michael Keaton, William H Macy, some wild cards in there, a Spade. Uh, Someone said you Actually it was Allie Allie said Earl's Joe You can't do a southern accent though Yeah but they, let's be honest They're not going to consider me to, to be You never uh, know uh, I yeah, I mean I don't I'm too physically big to look like him I, I tell you who I could play is. Well we'll get to that later uh, <laughs> uh, Alright here The guy Jeff Lowe Who was his partner throughout the whole movie uh, I'm going with Fred Durst from Limp No, Biscuit. let's let's be clear. Not partner as husband. His partner who came along and bailed him out with Carol. Right. So Vegas boy. Now forget that. You know, I know Limp Biscuit is a very divisive band. Uh, I, think I personally Fred Durst, like them. I think Fred Durst is a perfect wild card pick because you know in every movie they get like you know how like Rihanna was in Battleship and shit and you're like what or Harry Styles was in. Is it what's the movie he's in? Nineteen forty-two or something. It's the war movie, and everyone was like, "Why put Harry Styles in this?" But he was so good. Yeah, because you know, it's like I told someone today. Uh, you know, if you look at uh, the movie Die Hard, uh, I realize it's a completely different subject. You know, uh, action movie. You always have to bring it back to the eighties. But it's true. If you look at that movie, uh, I, to, to me, obviously Bruce Willis, very accomplished actor. Uh, Alan Rickman, you know. R.I.P. I got to work with him on his last movie. So you you know more than anyone, a great actor. Yeah. But to me, the guy who stole the show was a guy who literally had never acted before. Not one film, not one TV show. He was a world famous ballet dancer, Alexander Gudinov. Oh, the Russian guy, and he had like Carl. no lines. Well, he had like probably fifteen but, lines in the whole movie. Yeah, but, but they were like essential to the story. But it, it was his hatred of Bruce Willis and how the whole movie he's trying to get revenge for him killing his brother. Now, here's a guy with zero acting ability or, or uh, experience. And I think that's what Fred Durst could do in this movie. Yeah. Because that guy. I agree with you. I don't think there's, I think I, that was my, my casting for him too. Because Jeff Lowe's a guy who has a Fred Durst vibe, like 
kind of cocky, kind of like. And he I'm looks the, like that white trash Vegas piece of shit. Yeah. I'm the man. I get pores. I have threesomes. I mean, Fred Durst is, that's Fred Durst, really. Jeff or Lowe. you. What if they hired you as Jeff Lowe? Well, I don't look like him. Uh, you I, could. I, I could play a gay husband number two. What the fuck? <laughs> so uh, we got Fred Durst as Jeff Lowe without a much uh, argument there. Now, here's an interesting part. Oh, someone said Clarence Gillard from the Cowboy Show in Die Hard. I, I don't know. Uh, we don't know who that is, Allie. So Dean Norris. Someone said that. Dean Norris is good. That's I mean, a that, good one. Um, the Hitman, who was the bald guy. I think. What's the guy's name? Do you have your IMDb open? Yeah. What's the guy's name in Guardians of the Galaxy that plays the blue alien? He's a fighter. Batista? He's no. too big. Dave Batista. No. No, there it's not no. Just look it up and see. I know you know we saw him in a movie the other day and I was like, "Oh my gosh, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy." I think he would be good. Or cuz he has to like this movie you have to have a little bit like the bodyguard is going to be the straight man but he has to be a little funny i also think it would be funny and, and it's not because i work with this person all the time i think riggle would be funny just because he would go bald like he would go bald for it and he has a military background and he's big and i just think it might work oh yeah i mean but that being off the board like you wouldn't think rob riggle you know hangover and 21 jump street but he's but so in shape now and stuff that like i could see it well, I think you're talking about the guy who was my choice, uh, Michael Rooker. From, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, from I a, think he'd be a great bodyguard. From Jasper, Alabama. Uh, that's where, That's my state. Did you know Alabama was the last state to be confirmed with coronavirus? Yeah, I wanted to go there again, which I never thought I would say until they started getting it too. So I'm like, I'm out. They but, love uh, you there. But uh, Michael Rooker is uh, the true definition of what a character actor is. Um, I mean, his, his IMDb page. He's so good. I want to work with him. But he's literally hundreds of credits. Uh, yeah. I remember. But he's versatile. Well, I saw his first, uh, it was his breakout role. Uh, he has 128 credits on IMDb. That's, That's like crazy. a lot. Like, I work a fair amount. I've got like 17 credits. I have 40. He has 128. Uh, probably the role he's most known for was really his first film. Uh, where he played Henry Lee Lucas and Henry the Portrait of a Serial Killer. Uh, Who do you think should play the... Uh... And I will say this before you ask me. If people are like, we can't have Fred Durst in this movie. We just can't. Uh, it's not working. Then fuck Hollywood. I would say put Michael Rooker has uh, oh, yeah, that works. Lowe and then yeah. maybe someone else. Has, uh, the Who do you think... I think Matthew McConaughey would be a funny Jeff Lowe too, though. Oh, he'd be great. Uh, and he'd probably do it because he, he I, I just think he would. Who do you think would be a good, the sex cult guy who had the Tigers in South Carolina? Because you know my number one pick. We'll t say it. Will Ferrell. He, he'd be good, you know, and once again, another off the board. I mean, cause, And he looks like him. Because this movie's kind of weird. Like, it, it's obviously it's a real life murder and. Uh, but it, it's it's like a dark, <laughs> it's like a dark comedy almost like this seems like something like David Lynch would have written. So uh, you know, in terms of the sex cult guy, that was the guy with the long ponytail. Yes, I mean I could see Will Ferrell. I could see um, you know, it's it's another off board uh, pick, Ron Perlman. If you, you put a wig on him, do you know who else would be funny? Just to be in to play the um, producer guy is Mark Marin. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, see, Mark Marin, I he wouldn't do it, but I think it's well, funny. You don't know that. I mean, I, I picked Keith Richards, and I know Keith Richards would not be an option, but he just looked so much like the guy. Uh, but you know, Matt Berry tweeted at me, uh, Tom Waits. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Like it's so funny to see an actual casting director go, "No, this is who," she, and it's like, "Okay, I see that." Uh, um. Because you need someone, and once again, you could put you could take the person with the best dental work in the world and make them look like they have fucked up teeth, but that guy's teeth were jacked. Bennett said, Bennett's on our live. Hello, live. Bennett. Bennett said, uh, Billy Merritt, who's a UCBer. You've met Billy, right? He's so funny. 
he is in our show Jet Ski, and he said he should play the big guy that basically was the FBI uh, consultant. Yeah, I mean, there's... On the uh, Jet Ski, which is a great cast. Billy looks just like him. I mean, there's so many known and unknown people, uh, but in terms of the sex cult guy, he's a little older. He's probably too old for the part, but he kind of looks like him, and he was in the OG star is born, Chris Christopherson. It's too old. Oh, yeah. I mean... I think he is too old, though. But, you know, you could, like, fucking... In Hollywood, I, I, he's a great actor. So didn't you say who did you say Jeff Gallin, Galifianakis could be? Did you I say thought, the uh, Zach Galifianakis? You know, once again, you, he could be Joe Exotic. Like, yeah, because he's definitely funny enough. Shave him, uh, you know. But I love some of my favorite roles, uh, and and of course I'll bring it back to the eighties. Like my two favorite bad guys in probably movie history i'm just saying in terms of movies that i've seen while i've been alive was die hard alan rickman mm-hmm. who before that had never played a bad guy he was always like the good looking leading man you know etc etc well, i like i like casting directors and directors because casting directors don't just make the decision it's the producer the director and casting right but i like traditional actors who flip it like yeah i like people who take chances like i like in Dumb and Dumber, Jeff Daniels did it, and everyone said that's going to ruin your career, and it did. It didn't. It was Made just funny. Career. But yeah. like in RoboCop, the got the dad from that '70s show. Of course, RoboCop was 20 years before that, but he had only really played dads and kind of the goofy. And neighbor. he was a bad guy, and he was such a good bad guy. Oh, he loved it. Yeah. I was scared of him. And I the other uh, bad guy from RoboCop, you know, there's two more or less him and. Uh, Ronnie Cox, who played the evil. Well, that's like the redheaded guy from 52 Pickup. Or what's he in? No, he's in... He's the guy that's in CSI Miami now. Oh, David Caruso. Yeah. He always he always plays a cop, but then he was a bad guy in what's that movie? And he was such a good piece of shit. I mean, he's he's been a piece of shit in a few movies. I mean, in Kiss of Death, he was kind of a... Uh, which was Yeah. A, Wanted Dead or Alive. Wasn't he a bad guy in that? No. Uh, I don't remember. I didn't see the movie. I mean, Kiss of Death was a bad remake, but I, I it's a good film. If you if you don't know, there was a an OG version of it. You know, that's when Nicolas Cage was um, playing like this Guido Italian tough guy. It's like, come on, dude, we know you're not Italian. Uh, well, you know, it's a movie we saw recently uh, that I think if you would have said this cast, now let's. Name the cast before we name the film. You had Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel. Um, who else uh, was in? Uh, uh, who's the girl, the blonde girl you like? Uh, uh, Edie Falco. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, just an amazing uh, group of actors and actresses. And Stallone was basically the lead. Cop. Oh, yeah, Copland. That movie is so good. I didn't think it was going to be good. I thought it was going to be shitty, and it was actually good. But I guarantee you, I, I would hesitate to say that they had cast in most of that movie. Before they got Stallone? Before they got to Stallone. Someone said, well, what about Stallone as the cop? And I guarantee you, everyone in that room goes, are you fucking nuts? But he was so good. Like... That was such a good role for him. Because he's good when he plays. He Obviously, he's dumb. dumb. But he obviously, he's worth, God knows what he's worth. And he's created not just one iconic character, but two. Um, yeah. You know, but he's so, I don't know what it is, but he's great at playing that dim-witted, like, Rocky, uh, you know, the, the cop and cop land. I wouldn't say Rambo was dim-witted, but Rambo was a pretty simple character. Uh, you know, a Vietnam vet who lost his mind. And, you know, he's really good at uh, embracing those type of roles. When he yeah. Tries to, and because he wasn't, like, I never watched Copland and thought he's trying to say I'm a good actor with De Niro. It's just, it worked because he embraced that hillbilly share of role. I think we're bad actors, and I'm asking you, not telling you, we're, we're bad actors get into trouble is when they try and prove I can act. Yeah, I think, here's the thing. I think if you're like Jonah Hill, like people like Jonah Hill are smart or Stallone, meaning you make a name for yourself, you stick to 
what your niche or niche, I don't know how you say it. I've heard it two different ways. You stick to what you are typecasted as, right? You do a few movies like that. Make a name for yourself. Then you pull the wild card. You don't do it in a leading role. You do it in a supporting role so people get used to you playing that role, right? Like if, you, if you're a comic and you want to play serious, like Jonah Hill first, the first serious role he did was in uh, Django. And he had a very small role. He played a racist cowboy. And you're like, what the fuck? Jonah Hill's in this? But, but then you got used to him playing in more serious movies. Matthew McConaughey did the same thing. That's how you do it. That's how you cross over. You make a name for yourself. You get yourself in the room with big actors. You get yourself on a level in the genre you're good at, and then you switch over, and then you prove yourself that way. Yeah, I mean, it's because you don't want to play. I think sometimes the problem, like, say, a Jim Carrey or even a Sandler got into was every movie was the same. It was like, oh, you know, like in Jim Carrey's example, it was just like he was the wacky guy who made the funny faces and it was just like cable guy. It was liar, liar. It was, it was some of my favorite movies Jim Carrey's done have been serious movies. Yeah. I, well, I mean, look at Uncut Gems for Sandler is like yeah. one of the best acting performances we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. I Or like, um, did you ever see eternal sunshine on a spotless mind uh i probably Jim Carrey. didn't there it is one of the best performances he's ever done yeah because he can act but the, it but, but it goes to show you that i think a lot of people think comedians aren't good actors like i you're a good serious actor i mean you did you goof off but you've done serious things and shows if you're a comic and you're trained in improv and you're trained, you learn to adapt quickly, but you still have those emotions people don't think you do. And a lot of comics are darker than serious actors, I think. And when they get to do a serious role, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, no, I mean, like, obviously, I, I wouldn't almost say what I did on I'm Dying Up Here. I mean, I was barely in it. But that's a serious show. It was a serious show, but like my role on that, and it was a very, very small role was playing a drunk basically a bitter drunk comic now i've never had a drink before in my life but i had at that point 16 or 17 years worth of uh, experience of being around drunk bitter comics going okay this is how so-and-so acted that one night his girlfriend left him or his wife cheated on him. i'm gonna act like that and yeah so uh you know i had like one of the main directors come up to me and going, are you still in recovery? Cause I was doing such a good job playing a drunk. <laughs> so uh, you're a sex addict, but I think, uh, you know, that's why you see some of the best bad guys uh, were good guy actors who like, yeah, wanted to do something different. Like I love Jim Carrey and his, uh, serious roles. And I it's uncut Jim Sandler was amazing. Now, in my head, I let's even Bill Hader in Skeleton Twins with Kristen Wiig, two amazing UCB Groundling uh, improv SNL actors who played very serious roles and were phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of an example where an actor tried to like say, I can act too. I've, I've had, um, some people who are strictly like drama serious actors say that and i i think this is true it is harder to be a drama actor and do comedy than to be a comedian and switch over and do serious acting which is what i i really saw and i'm dying up here and i know it was only around for two seasons but to see a serious actor like jake lacy mm -hmm. uh, who's always playing like the good looking stud you know and like girls and 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 he, had he always to, played a frat boy yeah he much. had to like try and be you know he was portraying a comic now and he was really good at it but he asked questions like you know he would come up to me in between takes because he knew like i was a comic he's like well what would a comic say here and what would they do if a joke didn't work and like he was really invested in i'm going to be the best comic i can be on this show well it's because 
I think the one thing people forget about comedy is you have to, all fear of failure has to disappear in your mind when you step on any stage. Oh, yeah. But like my point was like, he's coming from an acting world. He had no clue as to what a comic would do if a joke didn't work or. Yeah. And, and or how so, to recover. And like, uh, you know, all the serious actors on that show who were playing comics would ask like Al Madrigal or Eric Griffin or Santino or me or the other comics who were on yeah. set. How would you know, like Rick Overton. Or that's even like Clark Duke, who uh, we both worked with. He did Bad Moms with me. He's a great comedic actor, but he's not a stand-up comic, which are very different things. You know, like he's known for doing comedy roles, but if you've never done stand-up comedy, there's so many different ways to formulate a joke that I'm sure he even had questions for you or was nervous. We talked about wrestling. You he loves say, wrestling. Like he, but he, he's like me. Like he doesn't just like WWE. Like he likes like independent wrestling. Like he would ask me, Hey, did you see the pro wrestling gorilla show? Which is like a big independent promotion. I'm like, Oh, that's even deep for me. And well, Michael Agrano, uh, who played basically Clark's partner. And I'm dying up here. He's another serious actor who had to play a comic. And, uh, you know, he, he asked questions and, you know, like I saw him one night in between, uh, takes talking to Rick Overton, who's like a, a comedy, uh, legend, uh, questions. And, uh, so that's one of the main reasons I wish that show lasted longer to, uh, you got to see the great interaction between comics and actors. And it was like, yeah, a, it was a really family vibe on that set, but, uh, you know, didn't happen. So someone uh, asked if we watched Honey Boy with Shia LaBeouf. No, I want to watch it uh, right now. Me and Chandler also watch uh, different shows. Like when, when she's uh, busy, I'll you know. Right now, I'm burning through uh, the one season wonder uh, Fox show Fastlane, which was uh, like Miami yeah. Vice meets uh, Fast and Furious. We usually have one show we watch together, and then we each have our own shows, our own uh, TV time. Yeah, I mean, because we're usually out at night at the comedy store or uh, date night or whatever, and and now we have a tremendous amount of time where uh, not necessarily we're bored, but like we're creative with what we do. So, uh, you know, we don't watch every show together. Like, I wouldn't dream of making Chandler watch every episode of Fastlane. Uh, yeah, that's when Lois and I go upstairs and watch YouTube videos. Yeah, and and then when Chandler's watching a show, I go on YouTube and uh, watch '80s wrestling matches uh, when wrestling was good. So, do you want to talk about the wildlife we've seen since quarantine? So uh, basically, uh, what we've been doing to alleviate uh, some of the boredom, boredom, and 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 lack of exercise in our lives is we've been going for like. Uh, every day for the last two weeks i think the quarantine's been in place for two weeks now yeah we've been going on the seven to ten mile well we used to go on hikes but then the la uh, has shut down the parks and yeah hiking trails so we can't go on hikes we can't go to the gym we can't go to yoga because earl and i would alternate yoga and a hit workout boxing class every other day so we were doing an hour hour and a half of either yoga pilates or um boxing and that was like our gym routine sometimes he would go to equinox and do cardio but now that, that was out we were we were hiking and now we go on uh seven to ten mile walks through either beverly hills hollywood west we just started our house and we walk about four miles and then we turn around and come home so and, and we probably burn like seven or eight hundred calories but it's constant we never really stop mm -hmm. although last night we went through the mansion area uh or one of them in beverly hills and we'd stop and look at a house for a minute um and also we lois is still building up her endurance because it is amazing though because we have done because we used to go on walks with lois like three miles um just to get a workout like a quick but now we'll walk six miles and like feel nothing 
Yeah, we've built up our endurance. Poor Lois is... Because uh, we were trying to do 10,000 steps, and now if we don't hit 20,000 steps, we're like, oh, we didn't do anything today. Yeah, I mean, you can only watch so much TV. And uh, speaking of watching TV, you see the jellies behind Chandler's head right now. Uh, you can uh, stream the jellies on Adult Swim. That could yeah. help us get a third season. Yeah. Because Adult Swim looks at that shit. So uh, I think if you go on Adult Swim and just punch in the jellies, you can... Uh, Watch every episode, the pilot episode. You can watch, uh, you know, all of them. And then a daddy man, once this virus is over, can work with Tyler, the creator again and earn the and, cheddar. And get Lois her expensive dog food. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, you know, you go into the market these days, uh, bathroom uh, bathroom products are out. You know, we, we found toilet paper uh, the other night at Gelson's. You would have thought we found Powerball tickets. We were going to start wiping our heinies with coffee filters. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I never thought a hoarding toilet paper would be a a life move, but... Uh, Thank God we have about a million jerseys we could just use. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully we won't have the jerseys for long. By the way, if you know anyone who wants to buy about, uh, well, a lot of jerseys, I'll give them a good deal. Hockey jerseys, to be specific. Game-worn hockey jerseys. I used to wear them on stage because I had stage fright. And then once I got over the stage fright and discovered John Varvatos and Yves Saint Laurent, uh, I don't wear the jerseys. I got you into Saint Laurent. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're all just trying to cope. We're trying to like, you know, I think we'll get through this on the other side sooner than later. But who knows? We're in an unknown, uh, you know. Uh, Pandemic. Yeah, I mean. It, I, the crazy thing that I keep thinking about that blows my mind is our children will ask us where we were when this happened. Like, this is something, like, I asked my grandma about the Great Depression because she was a little kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Or, like, like our children will ask us, you remember, like, you know how, like, a common topic is, like, where were you when 9-11 happened? And I remember I was in third grade. I was in my house in uh, Alabama. My mom was on the treadmill. And I was eating breakfast. Like I and I remember like I used to feed the fish every morning, so I was feeding the fish. Like I could I remember that like it was yesterday. Oh, I remember where I was. I was in bed. And and I kinda talk about this in a joke I do about it. But uh my sister called me. I, I think the first plane hit at like eight twenty in the morning or, or something like that. So it's you know, five twenty in LA. Uh, my sister called me and was like, turn on the tv turn on the tv uh you know the the world's gone mad they're attacking and i thought my sister just had a bad batch of the powder <laughs> so i was like let me call fast eddie man uh, he'll get you a good dose and uh so i turned on the tv but what i forgot was uh i was watching porn right before i fell asleep on september 10th uh, 2001 so i'm like this world looks great to me hello now you're doing bits. But it's true, though. That actually happened. And then, uh, you know, I, I can remember like it was 10 seconds ago where I was. like, And then I called uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time because she was working at the, the highest rise building in Los Angeles. Uh, it's probably not the highest one now, but back then it was. I, Who I, is she? I'm just kidding. I forget the name uh, of the building, but she the Nakatomi Plaza. No, that's in Century City. Now you're doing bits. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, hey, don't go to work today, and and she's, you know, I think she was in bed with her current uh, boyfriend. It's like, but why are you calling me? Like, well, you turn on the TV, and I basically did to her what my sister did to me, and uh, you know, I can remember that conversation like it was, you know, you know, seconds ago. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure people, you know, our kids' kids, and this will go down as uh, like our. This being history books. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like and the Spanish flu and stuff was. So, uh, you know, but I don't, you know, once we flatten the curve, if people stay inside, wash your hands and, you know, don't fucking Get breathe. Get a puppy. Don't breathe directly on people. Uh, you know, this will end in a month or so, hopefully. And I mean. Uh, what if they just don't let us out? Well, I mean, uh, the, the, you know, the sports leagues are all scrambling what to do. Uh, I know uh, I saw a proposal today that the NHL, I don't know if they're seriously considering this, but uh, we're just saying, fuck it, every team makes the playoffs. Well, I mean, it's also like lucky for you and I, we both have a decent savings. 
but we're both in the entertainment industry, which like when stuff like this happens, we're fucked immediately. Oh yeah. I'm out of work. I'm literally out of work until June. Like every single event show, anything is done. Like it is done. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I had a big gig, uh, to headline a club in San Diego in a few weeks. Uh, you know, it, it's probably going to get canceled just cause you figure, let's just say best case scenario tomorrow. They say you can go out of your house. You know, it's going to take a few weeks up to a month for people to probably feel comfortable about going to a hockey game, a comedy club or, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, so. we were literally at a Kings game two days before the quarantine. Oh, I mean, we were at a King game, uh, and then you were on a set of Holy Moly. With which a was shit ton of Australians that had just flown in. Like an internet, you know, probably, uh, you know, the nights I went to visit you, there were probably hundreds of people on set, you mm -hmm. know, uh, and then I went to a Kiss concert by myself. You know, here I am, you know, 20,000 people, you know, but I wasn't that concerned. I mean, there's there's many worse viruses at a Kiss concert than uh, Corona and I think the game we saw were the was the Kings and the Ottawa Senators, mm -hmm. and four senators tested positive for coronavirus. So, you know, I, I probably Sick. shouldn't have gone to a King game, uh, you know. Or, but that's that week was kind of the right before the hysteria hit. Yeah, but you know, everyone's everyone is freaked out so much about this, and I go back to the lady at Erwan who literally acted like I had the plague. Because I didn't have on a face mask or gloves. Like, I'm not breathing on anyone. And I'm also not touching anyone. Like, I'm going to wash my hands when I get home. I don't need to put on gloves. But if people act this way about a virus, imagine how they'd act if they were actual aliens. This is why they don't tell us anything. Well, some people are just stupid. Like, I remember, uh, I think you were working the, the night or the day or the night, I guess, uh, after the Kiss concert. So it was a Thursday night. Uh, and that's kind of right around when they were like, hey, you got to stay home, social distancing. It wasn't fully in place, but the word was starting to spread. You know, six feet, don't get near anyone. So I'm on the elliptical at Equinox. I'm literally the only person in a row of about, I'd say, 20 ellipticals. And I think there's like five uh, different bikes at the end. So... 25 exercise machines i'm the only one in the row this idiot gets right next to me on the second elliptical i'm like dude are, like i'm not a germ freak i'm not having a panic attack but do you realize like yeah so like it's just some read people are room. stupid read the room dude well look at the first night uh, i think uh, of the 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 lockdown or whatever you want to call it uh quarantine we walked by the revolver uh which is a gay bar slash nightclub and i've never seen it so crowded yeah and at first i was like they were west hollywood was pumping because they knew because that was when they said they were shutting it down at midnight so literally everyone was like let's shut it down let's like shut it down with like a bang type of thing but at first that made me happy of like hey we're not gonna just let this beat us you know but now you're like thanks we have the highest rate of cases in yeah. los angeles i think there's 35 cases no it's more now uh, you mean look it up yeah uh so we're, while chandler's looking that up we're gonna cut the instagram live uh just because we don't want you to watch the whole thing here and not listen on apple podcasts so yeah, I cut uh, mine. we're gonna go uh talk a few more minutes on uh the podcast so uh you gotta listen to Inappropriate Earl on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud for those of you who don't do the Apple thing. And uh, for those of you who do do the Apple thing. Would, you said do-do. It would really help if you uh, left a review for us on uh, Apple Podcasts. We love you. I appreciate the fans. I mean, listen, let's be honest. I don't do this for the money. I don't make $1 on this podcast. I do it to release content for you guys. So uh, I don't ask you guys much. But, uh, you know, we get thousands of listens on these uh, episodes we do. If just 10% of you left a review, that would get me into the charts again. Because to get on the charts of Apple Podcasts. If you want Earl on Joe Rogan's podcast, you got to leave reviews so he gets popular again. Yeah, but that's how it works. Like the, the algorithm on Apple Podcasts is ratings, subscriptions, and reviews. And I'm not going to get back on the charts again 
with, you know, seven reviews. Uh, it's just the way it works. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I'd love to be on Joe's mm -hmm. podcast, but let me say this is a public service announcement because I know some of the fans tweet at Joe. Oh, sorry. Uh, to, uh, with that podcast, you have to be asked to be on it. And the number one way to ensure of not getting on Joe's podcast is if your fans kind of tweet at Joe, like, cause it just looks like I told you guys to do that. So it'll happen organically. And, uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about the coronavirus and, uh, maybe, uh, some more casting suggestions. Okay. And I, uh, I love you all. So as of Friday at noon, there were 14 65 cases and 26 deaths in Los Angeles. And West Hollywood, out of those 1,400 cases, is 52. We have the highest rated. Well, but I. <laughs> By I like a long shot. But I don't think it's because. Glendale is the other. Glendale is 46. They're the only like close one. But I don't think it's because we're unhealthier than any city. But uh, I think people don't realize that West Hollywood is dense, is a 1.9 square mile city. And that's a lot of people packed into a small area. So uh, it, it's really, more, you know, like you take a place like Long Beach, which is spread out and it's kind of open, you know, with beaches and stuff. You know, we don't have that. Like, yeah, if you live in West Hollywood, you're either in an apartment building that's on top of another apartment building or you even look at the homes, uh, there's one street that's right above us that's probably about uh, probably 15 homes, seven or eight on each side. There's no yard. You can literally, from your bedroom door, touch your neighbor's wall. Yeah, so, there's no privacy, that's for sure. So that's why, you know, if one person in a building has coronavirus, uh, you know, <laughs> they're in close proximity to a lot of people, so... Uh, you know, that's why I've been going to cough on people. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that's why you know it's a little aggressive right now in our, our neighborhood supermarkets because you know we really only have in this in West Hollywood you have three markets basically. You have, we have like, Trader Joe's. Well, yeah, four. You have Gelson's, have Trader Joe's, Sprouts, and Pavilions. Yeah. Now, and most people, you know, if you're not into really health and fitness, you kind of don't even consider going to Sprouts or Trader Joe's. Because they only do, well, the thing like is. Like organic food. Well, the thing is with Trader Joe's and Sprouts is they pride themselves on being strictly like fresh produce, meaning they don't like do canned vegetables or anything, which is what everyone's been buying. So if you go into Sprouts, it's kind of nice because there's not as many people there. Right. But, you know, but Pavilions. And, it's a madhouse. Uh, There's a line out the door. Pavilions is a madhouse because, uh, you know, I guess it's, you'd say, where people who don't work out go, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it's just regular food. And there's a pharmacy there. So, uh, and, you know, people who do work out also go there, but, like, Sprouts is more but for Pavilions them. is also where people get, like, cleaning supplies and tampons and hair care and, you know. So, you know, it's that's why, you know, the supermarkets are like crazy right now. And, you know, now liquor stores are kind of the secondary supermarkets for us because they have some food, you know, bread and toilet paper and cranberry juice. I mean, like I said, me and Chandler found toilet paper, uh, I think, a week ago at Gelson's. And it was like, you know, we had found the fountain of youth or something. It was... Uh, you know we bought that stuff, and it wasn't the good kind either. Yeah, it's the type that, you know, gives you hemorrhoids. It's so uh Hey, thin. but tough times. Yeah, you got to wipe with what you got to wipe, and uh, you definitely ration the squares. So, uh, Chandler, before we go, is there anything else you would like to get into? Um, Watch my show, Global Investigator, on Discovery Channel Wednesday nights, I think at 9 p.m. starting April... <sighs> Sixth, I want to say. Yeah, that's uh, I think this week, and then uh, Holy Moly's coming out. Uh, yeah, I wrote on Holy Moly season two out this summer. And I mean, probably by summer we'll we'll be out and about again. But uh, follow me on TikTok. Yeah, Chandler's blowing up on TikTok. I'm not doing that well on it, but uh, I'm not as uh, I don't want to say I'm not as active as Chandler is. Um, but she's. Uh, what are you on TikTok? 
Just C H A N Barbie, B A R B E. And uh, I am, of course, on TikTok at Earl Skakel, I think. Uh, just my name. Uh, I don't. I don't have that many. Uh, I mean, Chandler has like hundreds of videos. I've got like seven. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, of course, Chandler, uh, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Just my name, Chandler Barbie. That's B-A-R-B-E-E, not Barbie, like Barbie doll. Um, and tweet Earl that we should get a puppy for Lois. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, Lois is back in the house. As you know, uh, Lois is a uh, part-time uh, daughter. Uh, you know, I, I split her, but... Uh, <laughs> We have her back because of our uh, social uh, situation right now. She's a welcome addition to the home because, uh, you, you know, I mean, you get lonely uh, with the social. When you take two people as social as me and Chandler are, and you basically just lock us down, uh, as, you know, with everyone else, uh, you know, it, a dog is really amazing right now. And if you have the capacity to do so, um, not to take this to a macabre into the podcast, but uh, foster a dog, uh, you know, if you can, adopt if you can, because, uh, you know, a lot of people are financially freaking out and, and getting rid of any expenses and they're dropping off their perfectly healthy dogs at it's shelters. It's so sad. I mean, some of these dogs are perfectly healthy. They just think they can't take care of them. And, uh, you know... Uh, there's some... There's some um website that will bring like will donate to you dog food if that's the only reason you can't keep your dog but it's like if you're struggling that much financially there's no harm in that but don't get a fucking dog it's like these people who squirt inside of a woman then they have a kid and then bernie sanders and warren want me to pay for it because daddy man has a couple bucks in the bank listen yeah. after last week in the stock market i may have to get a real job so uh yokes and you guys know me i don't like manual labor um, but yeah, this was fun. Uh, hopefully it sounds all right. I don't believe I'm going to be able to edit it sound wise like I do every other, uh, uh, episode, but, uh, you know, you guys were DMing me saying we need a podcast. Uh, so in, in tough times, we, uh, go above and beyond for my fans. So, uh, this has been inappropriate Earl, the coronavirus edition. We got some fun, uh, Guests coming up, but uh, during a quarantine, they don't want to come over. So we might do a few more solo uh, podcasts and, uh, you know, we'll review some movies. Maybe I'll review uh, Fastlane or something for you guys. Uh, and uh, hope everyone's healthy. Wash your hands. Take a shower every now and then. Uh, don't directly breathe on people. Uh, go for some walks late at night when there's no one out there. And uh, if you're a L.A. Uh, local, uh, and if you're walking up and down Fairfax Boulevard, there's been a fan that's been putting up inappropriate Earl flyers or posters and stencils all over the ground uh, because I think they want me to become the first SoundCloud comic. Hello! It could happen. So uh, thank you, Chandler Barbie, as always. You're welcome. And uh, we will see you guys sooner than later. Stay safe, everyone. Yeah.